part, and there were some meetings that went long. So uh, we're going to start with Joe Kayata, followed by Mike Reese. Hi, Cam. How are you doing today? Phenomenal. Wow. Sensational last week. Phenomenal this week. Very good. Uh, can you just first talk about the importance of working uh, with whoever that center will be this Sunday um, with, with David Andrews missing the last couple of days with that hand injury? How important is it for you guys to get on the same page, whoever that may be? It's extremely important. I mean, <clears throat> it's like the most important, you know, kind of transaction in the ball, you know, offensively football for us for you know, to make sure we have a great – uh, snap, whether it's Dave, whether it's whoever. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can get Dave back. And, uh, you know, with him being such a warrior and just moving forward, you know, we just got to make sure that, you know, we do our job with having great communication and understanding of, you know, things moving forward. Next question, Mike Reese, followed by Megan O'Brien. Hey, Cam. Um, John Gruden was reflecting on his quarterback camp meeting with you in 2011. Okay. And he said there's not a lot of guys that have walked through his door that look like you. And he said, I call him Slam. Slam Newton. What do you think of that nickname? Yeah, I don't know what you want me to say. I, I, it, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> he said it was like you're like a power forward playing quarterback. Man, I'm just trying to get the job done. Um, you know, I have so much respect for Coach Gruden. Um, you know, being the moments that we did kind of hang out with each other. Um, <clears throat> Stand-up guy, stand-up coach, and, you know, um, yeah, he's done a great job with, you know, that organization up until this point. So, you know, my hat goes off to him. Next question, Megan O'Brien, followed by Dan Roach. Hey, Cam, you've been in New England for a little while now, but this was your first time being in the building after a loss. What was it like dealing with Coach Belichick after a loss and, and just the team in general? It's what you would expect. I mean, it wasn't a lot of smiling going on. Still not a lot of smiling going on. Um, but that's not the point. The point is we just got to find ways to win football games, and that's what we're just trying to do. Is that why the Happy Miserable t-shirt? No, nah, shout out to my dog, Jules. Got a lot of merch coming out. And, you know, for some strange reason, I haven't got my hat yet. It has to be custom because of obvious reasons. I think it's because I'm smart, but you know, my hair kind of cushions a lot. So I'm waiting on my JE 11 hat amongst other, you know, Julian Edelman merch. It's fire by the way. So thank just you. Supporting, just supporting Next. the cause. Next question, Dan Roach followed by Mark Daniels. Hi Cam, uh, just kind of uh, to follow up what Megan said in the sense of, uh, you know, Matthew Slater was speaking yesterday about, hey, there's no moral victories around here when it comes to losing. It is what it is, basically, as you said. But just you get the sense of watching you over all these years. Just how important uh, the time and the effort that you put in is is winning when it comes to everything that you do, the bottom line to you, what it means to win and, and play in the NFL, especially now playing for the Patriots. 
that's the most important statistic in sports. And, you know, who cares about QBR? Who cares about total tackles? Who cares about yards after catch? Who cares about catches? Who cares about yards thrown? Who cares about yards rushed? Who cares how many touchdowns you threw, ran, or interceptions you've got or whatever from youth league, rec ball, football, to high school, to college, to anything type of, anything that requires you keeping score. The most important statistic is, did you win or did you lose? And yeah, he's right. You know, there's no more victories. I mean, what do people expect? Like, honestly, like, what did you expect? So we expect to compete, to win, not just to compete in each and every game you know we're coached that way we practice that way we attack each day that way so yeah you know are people ticked off around here absolutely but yeah you know las vegas they don't care about that you know so we just got to make sure we stay professional stay on our <clears throat> on track to make sure that you know hella high water come four or five o'clock on sunday you know we're in a better position than we was at midnight on Sunday night, this past Sunday. Next question, Mark Daniels, followed by Doug Kite. Hey, Cam, hope all is well. Um, this week, Coach Belichick talked about your delivery and how hard you've worked on to sort of refine it. He said you've made some modifications with some help of the coaching staff. And, you know, for someone who's been throwing the football all his life, I imagine throwing the ball is like muscle memory to you. So how difficult is it to make modifications to your delivery and just how helpful has Jed Fish and Josh McDaniels been in that aspect of the game? Extremely helpful. Extremely. I mean, we don't need to go into details, but I mean, I just let the performance speak for itself. Um, I mean, I'm comfortable. Um, and it's just, it's just holding each other accountable. I think that's the, uh, a phrase that's used around here a lot. And knowing that yeah, you could do it your way and you'll be isolated or you could do it our way and, you know, and just buy in. And I said, since day one, I, I, I bought in, I would have bought in anywhere that I would have been affiliated with. The fact that I'm here, I'm buying in to whatever they tell me to do. And it's my job to get it done. So, you know, I'm on board with, with, with coach uh, Jed, definitely on board with coach Josh, Mickey D's and, and, and obviously coach Bill. So, you know, everything else needs no ex explanation. And, and I take it just the results speak for themselves so far, completing over 71% of your throws. Yeah, but that's cute, but we, we want to win. Right. Thank you. Doug Kite, followed by Yanni Caracas. Hey, Cam. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the result that you guys wanted on Sunday night, but wondering what was really clicking on on the deep ball especially between you and Julian uh, against the Seahawks we're not used to seeing Julian connect downfield as frequently as he was on Sunday night I don't know what you want me to the opportunity presented itself and you know we're going to expect a lot of more opportunities pop up in 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 games you know upcoming games so you know, it's it's about answering the bell when when your number's called, and it just so happened to be Julian. It just so happened to be 
uh, Nikhil, it just so happened to be Demir, and it just so happened to be Jacoby, or, you know, is, it doesn't matter who it is. It could have been me. You know, we just got to make sure that we execute better. And I just, you know, going back and looking at the tape, that, that, that game didn't come down to that last play. You know, I think people get kind of jaded about that. Yeah, they made the stand-up play, but, you know, we had our opportunities in that game, and uh, we just let those opportunities slip away. Next, Yanni Caracas, followed by Phil Perry. Hey, Cam, after two games, uh, there seems to be a, a, a narrative nationally in the media and locally with fans that a lot of people were the Patriots would do this year, how good they would be coming into the year. But even after just two weeks now, a lot of people are maybe hyping you up or buying into this new look Patriots team. Do you see that from your position, the, the narrative of maybe is different today than it was a month ago? I can only make out a little bit of what you said. Um, what's the what's the question again? My question was, do you feel a change in support and, I guess, hype for the Patriots than maybe a few weeks ago when a lot of people didn't know what this team would look like uh, after just two weeks, a lot of support and hype from fans and media members alike? We're in week two. This is the, the NFL. We're one and one. I wouldn't be, you know, overly jolly about our record or where we stand right now. And that's just that's just honest. Now, anything else that is irrelevant because it didn't help us win. Um, it's just a only handful of other teams that are undefeated. But yet, you know, you can't no team can clinch a playoff berth or no team can clinch a title this early in the season. So whether you call it bandwagon people, whether you're talking, getting people's attention or whatever, the expectation hasn't even scratched the surface of, as a team, what we're capable of doing as well as personally myself. So I don't necessarily get caught up into trying to, you know, meet other people's requirements or validation, so to speak, when I know I have my hands full trying to be as coachable as possible and being as accessible to this team as I need be. Next question, Phil Perry, followed by Nick Coit. Hey, Cam, uh, you mentioned on the radio earlier this week that your contract is sort of the last thing you're thinking about right now. But I'm curious, you have been with the team now for a few months. If you look at New England as the kind of place you could envision yourself long term. <laughs> My focus is short term, and that has a lot to do with the Las Vegas Raiders. And I understand where we're trying to go, and I understand the questions that you're asking. And but I'm gonna say it again: it's it, that's not my that's not my focus. If that would have been the case, I would have did more. I would I would have said more. I would have I would have waited more. I would have like that's that's relevant. You know what I'm saying? Like for me right now, it's all about winning. Like, let's get back to that. Like we got too many people worried about chasing the bag. Like the bag, if you do what you're supposed to do, everything else is going to take care of itself. So for right now, my main focus is trying to make sure that I am the best quarterback for the New England Patriots as I could possibly be. And that's where my head has been and that's where it's going to stay 
and my focus, just knowing that I can't allow anything to, 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 to distract me. You know, the facts about things are we are one on one. The, you know, another fact is we lost a game that we were well capable of winning and we had an opportunity on the one yard line. Yes. So my main focus now is how if put in that same position here on Sunday, how can I, you know, change that narrative, so to speak? And that's pretty much what it is. Uh, Nick Coy, followed by Kayla Burton. Thank you, Stacey. Hey, Cam. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, with the next yard you run for, you're going to move into second all-time in career rushing yards for QBs. And you would pass Randall Cunningham, who is somebody that you've mentioned before, and uh, you've mentioned the history of the game and his history. Um, you know, What are your memories of Randall playing, and is there a part of his game that you model your, your game after and the way you play? Man, Randall, Randall Cunningham is a person who I when I was really getting into football, he was like on the latter part of his career, but yet the highlights. You know, the thing about me is growing up in Atlanta, I would dream, I still do dream still to this day, and I think people have become too cool to kind of, you know, tip their hat off to certain people for molding them and giving the inspiration to visualize certain things. So I would see Randall Cunningham jump over the line and make people miss and, you know, just go out there and wing it and, and and make football look so fun. And I just adopted that into my repertoire. And, and and now you see the person who you see on Sundays wearing number one, you know, had a lot of inspiration from number seven. You know what I'm saying? And number 12, you know, the Michael Vicks of the world, the Randall Cunningham's of the world. You know what I'm saying? Lamar Jackson's of the world, even though he's younger than me. But yet still, Russell Wilson. You know, these guys are phenomenal in their own right. And, you know, I still gain inspiration from how they play. And I love it, you know. So for him to be as great as he is, I think the greatest thing that, I, you know, that you find out about, you know, your hero, so to speak, is now him being a minister. And, you know, obviously a person that, you know, I know what it's like to be a, a professional athlete and knowing that he's doing so much good for his community and doing so great with his platform by impacting lives and impacting lives and impacting change. And that's what you would expect from anybody. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be on a broader level like that, but you know, I just tip my hat off to anybody who's using their influence in a positive way. And we'll do a final question with Kayla Burton. Hey, Cam. I uh, just wanted to know, obviously, with, um, you know, everything going around in the world right now, uh, I know that just even seeing your posts and uh, Matthew Slater and other guys on the team's posts and other NFL players as well, just about um, speaking up, using their platform for racial inequality and just your thoughts on the whole Breonna Taylor situation, what's going on. Oh, my. Well, uh, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know, hey, you know, you just have to, and I hate to, you know, be so bland or like, you just got to side eye certain situations as African-Americans sometimes, well, a lot of times here recently at this country, you know, I believe it was Lamar who just said, you know, this is the land of the free. 
but in many in many times than just once have I not felt that that statement applied to you know people that look like me you know no matter if they're a citizen no matter if they're a police officer no matter if they're you know rich poor whatever right is right and wrong is wrong and at the end of the day it's just all about accountability no matter what your what your title is before all or at the end of the day you're still a human being and from one human to another no matter how you look no matter how you act no matter how you whatever you know i teach my children to treat everybody with respect just as it was taught to me i i you know those are the things that were instilled in me and and just to go out and knowing that you have a big target on yourself when your hair looks the way my hair look when you know the confidence you know looks the way my confidence look the way i dress the way i carry myself and you know th that's in essence you know a turn off to some so many different people but at the end of the day what makes your way right and what makes my way right or what makes my way wrong or may, what makes your way wrong at the end of the day as human beings we have to do right and better about each other and when the brianna taylor situation happens and you see the outcry of america just in disbelief it's it's you know you're speechless but the sacrifices of the colin kaepernick's the eric reeds you know the so many different players who have been in essence boycotted or kind of blackballed or blackmailed and you know from their specific sport you know it makes you kind of you know question or go back to what i just said side out of the whole situation it's like well you know what's really going on here you know what i'm saying so yeah i know that's a that's a that's a lot that i just said but at the end of the day you know i just pray that we all find it in our heart to do better and and no matter what happens on that specific case because it's out of pretty much everybody's hands you know outside of the necessary people you know, let this be like a a situation that we all can empathize with. No matter if you're going to a grocery store, no matter if you're going to a gas station, like let's just do right by people. You like us humans alike. So I think that's 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 pretty much how I feel. That's my stance. And I just know that, you know, we all have a due diligence on this earth to 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 do right by mankind and and I'm, and I'm just one of those servants that, you know, want to uphold my end of the bargain. And we're going to do one final question. Kristen Dubé. Hi, Kim. Welcome to New England. Um, I am the producer for Nesson's Dining Playbook. And this is a lighthearted question. Um, I just wanted to see if you had checked out any vegan restaurants here in Boston. I have. Is there any favorites? Well, I have, let's just put it like this. By the time I leave the facility, there's a small percentage of restaurants that are open that caters to my eating habits. And it has been a lot of Chinese food. And from the vegetables, the steamed vegetables and things like that, that's the only thing I've been eating. I've been eating a lot of that, a lot of that. Well, we've got some suggestions coming up for you in an upcoming episode. So, please, would you would you do would you mind tagging me so I can see it as well? Because I, I I am always looking for my assistant to 
tap into newness just because i'm vegan doesn't mean i just go outside and just pick up grass and you know put ranch on it or well, that's not vegan either or blue cheese balsamic put balsamic on it and eat it you know i still love good food you know and and i think that's a challenge to all chefs out there that's you know notices that and you know it just makes them earn their check and and it, the skilled ones don't even blink they don't even bat an eye they just fix whatever they need to fix and my hat goes off to them well thank you so much for your time and welcome to new england yes ma'am thank, thank, thank you thank you cam thanks everyone all right